Alexa, play Heat Seeking Panther. I'm using my phone for the Zoom, so I can't play the Panther Roar. Oh, okay. Give me a second. Let me cue it up real quick. Um, do you want to do, do, do... Do you need me to do it? Yeah. Do you want to do one? We could just yeah. come right out the gate with your Panther. <laughs> Can I give you a countdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it would be Actually, it would say something <clears throat> in Italian. It would be like, <clears throat> and there'd be a long pause, and it would say, Wait. three, two, one... Hold on, wait. Actually, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. I was going to do count, it. Do you want me to do it again? Yeah, do it one more time. Get the balloonore. Had better balloonore. For Tre, treo, dose, uno. Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Heat Seeking Panther. I'm mom. I'm dad. <laughs> and this is our beautiful baby boy, Connor. Papa Roach, Connor. Co- yeah, this is uh, this is Papa. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. Connor, this is this is a big moment because um, people who've been following along will know that uh, we were actually in a feud with your podcast, uh, The Dark Silly. Yeah, that's true. And um, I don't know how many people were actually following along <laughs> with that, but... Yeah, there was like seven people, but um, yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah, we we squashed the beef live on on Instagram. Uh, but uh, it, it was it it, all, it came to a head because uh, Connor had asked he was going to have Jar Jar Binks uh, of Star Wars fame on on his podcast. And I he, I did actually have Jar Jar Binks he, on the yeah, and and but before you had him on, you asked uh, people if they had questions for Jar Jar and. Uh, I gave you a question. I don't remember what it was. But, um, <laughs> That's it, true. You, I'll, I'll you, tell you which what, what it was. What was it? You asked if he would marry you. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, you didn't ask him that on air. And uh, so we started a feud between our podcasts. Uh, I was calling you out online, letting people know that you were a liar and a cheat <laughs> and uh, that not to trust you. And, and then... Uh, we settled it and you let me talk to uh Watto from the Star Wars <laughs> franchise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean if you I just kind of deemed that question inappropriate and I didn't think it would be right for the time. And um Yeah, I well, wanna, I mean, I didn't what, was that, that really pr- your decision to make? You know, what, think, we don't need to we, <laughs> I just didn't want to put that that pressure on my guests you know you know how it is yeah. having a guest on your podcast you know putting pressure on a guest of your yeah, own podcast no. that's not that's not right. yeah like say pressuring them to make a panther roar <laughs> yeah, on exactly. the spot with no practice yeah. and yeah i was i had the i had papa roach planned for the end but then i was like oh wait i'll do papa roach in the mm-hmm. beginning, but then I and then I decided not to do the pop. Well, you know, I'm gonna have to cut that out anyway because we don't have the thirty thousand to license it. Yeah. So yeah, we oh, can't. <laughs> we we oh, can't yeah. pay. Yeah, but those it, it are worked probably out. Copyrighted. It, 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 we had the uh, we we actually had the Goo Goo Dolls sue us for our City of Angels episode <laughs> because of their hit 1998 uh, song Iris, Iris from the soundtrack to that movie. That's insane. <laughs> so. What I wonder if the crow 
is the crow two called city of angels as well or something like that i think it's crow two city of angels and i'm wondering if they if the crow people got sued for that oh right um, well that's just they straight up stole the name of the movie <laughs> not just the theme song that's not right no i mean uh, <laughs> um, yeah oh wait what are what are we talking we're, about today? we're talking about <laughs> we're, uh we're talking about mom and dad uh 2017 Nicolas Cage Selma Blair vehicle. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember now. Right. The uh, we're, Midnight we're a, Madness. Yeah. Hit. Yeah, not to be confused with whoever's listening, your mom and dad. Your mom and dad. Our we're not talking about them. No. It's um, the movie. Un- un- unless your mom and dad are Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair. Is that someone Blair? <laughs> <laughs> that was my new Bose uh, Bluetooth speaker. Mm. I don't know why it's talking to me. Yeah, shit. All right, we're just talking about <laughs> mom and dad. This is uh, well, I guess uh, Connor, had you seen this movie before? Yes, it sure did. I watched it last night on Hulu for thirty nine. Um, <laughs> I, I actually bought it for thirty nine ninety nine, um, and then I uh, I rented it. And then I, you, and then I brought it back. You bought, <laughs> and um, before you bought it and then rented it and then returned it, uh-huh. um, had you seen it before that? No, never. Okay, <laughs> Miles, had you seen it? No, this was the first time. All right, we we all went in fresh. Um, and uh, general thoughts and feelings. It was good. I liked it, but I mean, at this point. I don't know how much of this is like just me having to watch so many of the worst movies ever, like in a row leading up to this, you know, like, I mean, it was a, it was a fun, entertaining movie, which is more than you could say about most of the other ones. So at least it was like not incompetently made. It's easily the best, (laughs) the best movie that we've watched at least since the trust. Yeah. Uh, Maybe before that. Um, but it was still, I think kind of like mid tier Nicholas Cage in the grand scheme of things. But like, yeah, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like I have like a lot of like, I kind, I guess criticisms I get, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, it was like fine. It was fun. Yeah. Connor, what did you think? I liked it. Yeah. I, um, I thought it was entertaining and, uh, it was fun. It was like, I know I haven't seen as many Nicolas Cage movies as you two have, but, um, Oh, you haven't seen 80 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not. I, I mean, I, I, I've probably seen a couple that I don't remember, but I, I, I was thinking like, I was actually thinking about you guys. Cause I, I listened to your latest uh-huh. pod. I listened to your latest episode, the last one, just to kind of like gear up for being on your show. Right. And, and noticed that it might've been one of the, like, one of your guys' least favorite. I mean, you said top five, top five least favorite movies. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, and I was thinking, like, man, do these guys? I was wondering. I was like, are these guys going to be like, this is the best one because you're going <laughs> from so low to like a, even like a mediocre movie that you're like, do you guys have like a sort of like a palate cleanse, <laughs> like, uh, like procedure? No, well, not really. Movies. But yeah. I mean, like, we do luckily take like a a 
a week or two or more yeah. sometimes. Like we've taken a month off if we had to. Not because yeah. we have to palate cleanse, just because we have lives. Um, yeah. But you know, but <laughs> but we, luckily we're not watching them like back to back to back to back. You know yeah, what I mean? that would sure. be like we would so lose all excruciating sense of any <laughs> anything. That I, makes I mean, sense. What's weird is like I haven't really been watching that much media since being in quarantine. Like I've sort of been like I, I haven't been watching that much TV or movies or anything. So actually, these Nicolas Cage movies are one of the only things that I'm watching. Um, but and I don't know how that's that's sh- shaping it. But it is kind of like um, I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of comforting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a lot to like about this one. I I don't know. I think that it, it I think it appeals to a small Venn diagram of like you know movie fans. Um, yeah. But uh, but like yeah. I mean, I think it was like competently made. I think that there was some sense of like I felt like the director and the writer and the actors actually cared enough to like put effort into it and like try to do their best. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm, I, I'm going to be kind of hard on it um, like I, and kind of like nitpick a lot of stuff because there's a lot that like I think sort of keeps it for me and sort of like it, it's sort of like middling all things, just all things considered. <clears throat> but but I do want to stress that like in like in, in as far as <laughs> i don't know having characters that seem to have some sort of inner life having uh a story that goes that uh has an arc and i mean just these like basic basic things like it hits those marks and that's more than most of the movies that we've been watching for <laughs> as long as you know I, I, for fuck this like whole year like, <laughs> like, like months basically well, yeah. I'm trying to think because the trust we did in March because remember the interview yeah. with the directors was, oh, that was like, right was be- was right like the week or I think it was a week before like everything got locked down it did yeah um, th- that was like those you, you guys were like the last people I had over my place yeah before it all happened and, and then, I don't remember uh, what we liked before yeah, that. Yeah, and then before oh, that, like it was Joe. just like, yeah, it was a couple months before that, and it was probably all bad things that we didn't care so about. So anyway, like, <laughs> I, I, without, like, damning it with faint praise, like, you know, there's there's just a lot of, like, uh, it, it, it. this movie was made by, this this is one of the first movies that he's made in a long time that wasn't made by a first time director <laughs> and it shows yeah. like mo- yeah. most of uh e- everything that he's been making in the 2010s was he was <laughs> made with uh amateurs essentially so uh it was nice to see something that felt like it had somebody at the helm who knew how to make a movie and had some sort of some vision yeah i haven't seen any of those movies that you're talking about like the <clears throat> 2010s dark ages Nicolas yeah Cage. i'm trying yeah. to think like honestly there's one called the trust that is like pretty good uh and joe and then joe is really good too that's okay. that's kind of it i'm looking at the list right now it's like yeah. kick ass in 2010 was was worth seeing i don't know Besides that, it's all pretty, pretty bad. bad. Pretty, pretty bad. bad. So yeah, this was a breath of fresh air, but it's sort of like yeah, it, it it's not it's not Mandy, you know, which we're coming sure. up to. Um, but which, I, I do think that this is one of the first movies that we like. The, 
I, I was wondering if I could like confidently say this. I don't know if this is true, but so, but like, it feels like one of the first movies that Nick Cage was cast and, and you like his like sort of cultural, uh, standing and his, his the the place that he takes up in in the uh the cultural sphere as Nicolas Cage as essentially as a meme you know i feel like was sort of in conversation with the movie like he he was cast in part because um it was we were going to see Nicolas Cage in a midnight movie as a killer dad you know what right. I, it, yeah. you know what i'm trying to say yeah yeah for totally. sure it it felt self aware in that way in a way that didn't bother me actually I, I watched an interview with um, like, you know, some of the cast. I think it was what Selma, Nick, and the director, what's name Brian, Brian Taylor, Taylor, yeah. and then the daughter, the last girl, or whatever yeah. you want to call her. But the um, I don't know what her name is. Um, I don't either. But the the director Brian was saying he said something really funny. He was like, "Yeah, you know, you you can't really direct Nick Cage." And Nick's sitting right next to him, and he's like, "You can't you can't direct this guy. He's it's like." it's kind of like trying to control a hurricane. It's like, you can't really, you just have to, you just have to prepare for it and hope that it doesn't destroy you. completely. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And Nick's just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I would, I will destroy you. <laughs> Connor, is that, that's, cool. that's the interview where they're all, they're all like sitting on the couch together. <laughs> Yeah, there's okay. four, four of them. And Nick Cage or, has the, yeah, has the Cage like, has cowboy like hat. He has a million rings yes. on and he's like yes. sunglasses, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I believe that my friend and I spotted him in that like sort of get up over, around like 2018, a couple years ago in downtown LA because we saw this dude who looked exactly like that and, and my friend swore it was Nicolas Cage, but I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't get a good glimpse, but I wanted to ask, have either of you two ever had a uh, celebrity spotting no featuring Wait, Nick you, cage you were like you were at a working a film festival that he was at right oh yeah i was but i didn't i didn't actually have an encounter with him um i i worked a film festival and i met herzog like right after we did our uh our bad lieutenant episode but that's that's probably like the closest like within the orbit of the podcast i would say yeah yeah, no, we haven't been uh, lucky enough yet, but, um, you know, someday. Uh, I'd love to see him singing karaoke somewhere in K-Town when karaoke is a thing again. <laughs> who, 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 was yeah. it? Some, who, who was it who saw him, like, on his way to do that? Was, was it my friend Judy? Or was it someone on the podcast? Or I, some, somebody saw him downtown wearing, like, like Reebok slides and like <laughs> just like looking real like day drunk just like wandering around and and then that was the day that that like video came like that afternoon like he must have been headed to the karaoke bar where he like sang purple rain because it was the same outfit that's great um, that's great so, yeah yeah I love I love this style I I, I don't know much about uh, Nick Cage, uh, you know, his, his modern lifestyle. So seeing him in that interview was really fun and like, Oh man. Yeah. He's got style for days and he's got, he has a, a lot of, uh, he, I think he, he enjoys, he enjoys clothes and things and, <laughs> um, just, just uh, a, a lot of, uh, worldly goods 
that uh, many would consider uh, tacky or ostentatious, uh, ostentatious. (laughs) And uh, but it it really fits in with his whole uh, worldview and inspires him. And, uh, yeah, there, I, I and like he's he's obsessed with Elvis and Superman for some cool. reason. Yeah. Like these are the themes that he's always like incorporating into his style. Well, uh, <laughs> uh. well, that was was that the same interview where they're talking about the Superman that he was going to do with Tim Burton? And yes. he's like, he, yeah, in he's, the beginning, he's like, you've yeah. already seen it in your head, and <laughs> and it's and it's better than you could have imagined or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually completely confused because, like I said, I, you know, I'm not yeah. the biggest like Nick Cage guy. I'm just like, what? I was like, why is he talking about Superman? And I kind of, <laughs> I could, know? I could kind of put two and two together, but I was confused as to where it op- my The one that I watched it like opened up with him going off about Superman. So I was just <laughs> like, what? I was like, did yeah. this dude direct Super? Was he going to direct the Superman that he was in, or like, what's cool? What no, going no, on? they're just, was just talking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, very cool. Well, uh, well, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about this movie. I mean, in in terms of like the plot, I don't really have that much to say. I mean, it's, there's not a lot like Cage and Selma Blair play two parents, a mom and and dad. Yeah. Mom uh, of the title. Yeah. Uh, and, um, they have two kids, uh, teenage daughter and a son who, how old is he? Like, I don't know. Nine? He's like 10, but for some yeah. reason isn't going to school and is wearing his, his like uh, pajamas all day. I'm um, not sure. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what's like, like what's the plot? A mysterious, uh, like, is it a virus or like we, something? We don't know. Some, yeah. It's never some, explained. Some event occurs that causes parents all over the U S to want to murder their children. Right. And, uh, and, and they, do there's a, a wave of uh, parents murdering their children and uh it occurs while the teenage daughter is at school and she's got to go home and i mean we're getting into i guess spoilers but it's just like yeah this, i mean this the, is pretty much the whole thing the she, concept she, of the movie is the tag basically it, it, the tagline so yeah it's like, right I well know. i was thinking about like <laughs> I, I, for whatever reason i've been talking about the human centipede movies a lot recently <laughs> with people Wait, what why <laughs> <laughs> more just in the i'm like the first human centipede movie like you it the the whole movie just is the concept you know what i mean like like when i saw you're like you hear about it you're like wait like sharknado or something right exactly a guy sews the people together he makes the human centipede you go holy shit what what that sounds like a crazy movie and you see it and it's (laughs) that's exactly what happens and that's what it is yeah you're like yep and that's kind of how this movie was too it's like uh, for some mysterious reason, parents want to kill their kids and they do. And then yeah, you I mean, watch it's the movie. Like a, right. It's like a zombie movie in the sense that, um, you know, or like, what was the one, <laughs> what was the one where the trees made Mark Wahlberg commit suicide? Uh, the happening. Yeah. The happening. Like <laughs> never it was, saw it. You know, Oh, like, Connor, Connor, you have to watch <laughs> the happening. Con- like, oh my God. like tonight, <laughs> like, at, like as soon as possible, you have yeah. to watch the happening. I basically just right. spoil the whole movie for you. Sorry. And, I assume no, that you were no, on no, our level. No, you can't. But and no any, anybody who enjoys uh, bad movies should really watch the happening. Cause it's one of I, my favorite bad movies of all time. I've heard of it. I like Mark Wahlberg in, uh, I heart Huckabee's. 
you know, the happening. <laughs> yeah, this this movie, that movie is almost as good as the happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say like if I'm ranking Mark Wahlberg movies, it's the happening at number one. Yeah. And then a distant second is like Boogie Nights or something like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, well, um, I, I feel like uh, my, my number one is still uh, the uh I was trying to remember a Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch music video, but oh. I don't actually know or, the name. Or Dave, Dave, this is also right up your alley. What about Mark Wahlberg's starring turn in the Planet of the Apes uh, remake? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That is a really bad movie. <laughs> but talking about that movie a lot recently, too. For some reason. Yeah, we're, we're getting off track again. Anyway, yeah. uh, everyone watch The Happening. Um, and uh, yeah, watch Mom and Dad if you feel like it. It's okay. The <laughs> so no spoilers. The, is that what we're doing? Nah, we're, we're no, spoiling. it's fine. You can spoil it, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, and there's not really much to spoil. Like, y- you know, the, like, be, the, the first half is kind of like they're teasing the premise. But they're teasing the premise in a way that, like, assumes that we already know what's going to happen, which, you know, obviously we do because that's the whole thing. Right. And you, but, you know, with all these sort of like fake out kind of things where Nick Cage is like going after his son, but he's actually tickles him or like whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's a sort of artificial sense of menace without really any reason for that to be there unless it just assumes that you understand what you're watching. So, right. you know, then the, I, I mean, I thought there, there were a couple scenes that, that, that I thought were fun, like um, the, probably the best scene in my mind is the one where all the kids are at school and the whatever, whatever switch has been flipped in the world has happened. And there's all these parents just like menacing outside of the school, just like staring inside looking and you know, the, the dam hasn't really broken yet. And, and I thought that had like, that, that was kind of spooky. Yeah, that was, that was definitely the best. I would say, I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but basically the whole buildup, like until they got to Selma Blair and Nick Cage, like running back to the kids at the house, I'd say the whole first ramp up where, like the shit hits the fan and everyone's like dealing with what's happening is like yeah. a lot more interesting than the rest of the movie. Yeah. And yeah. also the scene in the hospital too with, Oh the, yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, you, sort of, you, yeah. you know, that's you, part of you, the, yeah, that's like part of the ramping up. I feel like that miles was saying, yeah, like just mm-hmm. like before they get to the house, like it, yeah. But well, yeah. And, it, and it's got kind of a, a net, I mean, there there's sort of like a gleeful like nastiness to that scene because we already know what's happening and now we have Selma Blair like at the hospital with her sister is having a baby and we know the whole point of this is that we're gonna get the scene where the baby is born and then the mom tries to kill it and yeah. so like right. and, and that's like nasty but it's fun and uh it, you know and, and that's sort of I think the like sweet spot that the the movie was sort of aiming for but right. e- even you yeah. know bo- both of those scenes they're they're fun but it it's sort of i mean my i i i felt like i didn't fully know what tone the movie was aiming for and i i don't know if it really knew 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was weird because they would do these things where, first of all, the editing I found the editing very sucked. frenetic. Yeah, and like too much. It was like music video editing kind of uh well well, this is this is again this is brian taylor uh directing who has directed nick cage before in ghost rider spirit of vengeance mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but he he's also uh he he wrote and co-directed the crank movies so right which it's it's got a a makes sense in that context (laughs) yeah in that context like the frenetic editing is like half the the whole thing but it, if you're trying to build a sense of suspense or you're trying to even like, I noticed it in uh, that's the school scene when the shit hits the fan and then the kids are running across the football field and you have these parents all like running after them, like tackling them and stabbing them with like flags and shit. Like Garbage bag. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Garbage bag suffocation and stuff. Like yeah. it, it sort of got like, any sense of kind of space or tension or anything like that was really upended by just the like manic editing where then if you're going to edit it like that, then what you, there's just like no space for even any of the cool like kills, (laughs) like, you know, so, so it feels like you're like fainting a punch that, that doesn't land. Like, we the all you have then is the concept you have the concept of the parents running after the kids but we don't really see any of the bad stuff that they're doing and we don't we're not put into the kids perspective really of being pursued by the parents it's just a camera showing us a bunch of shit yeah no i was just gonna kind of like uh piggyback on what you were saying a little bit and but also include that like I, I literally have a note right here that said super quick cuts. And then when I figured it out in parentheses, oh, guy who did crank. Yeah. <laughs> it makes more <laughs> yeah, sense totally. now. And, and then, but, but at the same time, I also kind of, um, and, and this is getting towards like, we can go back, but it's going towards like when, when the kids come back to the house, the, the, yeah. the, the um, daughter and her boyfriend, uh, they start to do more like, um, um, you know, the frantic editing continues, but like they start to do more, uh, like, uh, when they like, when you, when you go in, like, what's oh, it fucking y- called? Yeah. They're, they're doing like, like flashbacks. Flashbacks. Exactly. Yeah. Flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry. So, like, no, yeah. like, with, with the flashbacks, it, it kind of created a little bit more like space and like, it was like these, these like static long drawn out, like it just created more, you know, um, dynamic to the, to the movie for me a little bit. Like it was, it was kind of like distracting, but also like, Oh, this gives it more space but they start doing that like halfway through the movie and and i kind of it it, yeah it's 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 a weird sort of like pace because we have this like you know oh something bad's gonna happen oh no something bad is happening and then the whole back half of the movie is the the kids come home um or the the daughter and her boyfriend come home to to get the her younger brother out of there but then the mom and dad get there. So they have to lock themselves in the basement. And but then, then at that point, it just becomes like a standard slasher movie pretty much, except that Nick Cage is the killer, which I guess makes it not standard. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, even, well, it's like a standoff. They're just like, you know, it's suddenly like we're not going, we're just, we're in the house. We're just in right. the house, in the basement and all, everything sort of comes to a standstill um, which there were things about that that I liked and 
I, I kind of wanted it to go like full action movie maybe and have them like to go on like a long chase sequence or something like, right. That, like I, what I liked was like Selma Blair and Nick Cage sort of being able to actually like kind of act with each other. Like yeah. I, like in, I, in some I, of those flashback scenes, even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I liked them like in like a sort of their weird, like murderous rage, but also just kind of like sniping at each other and having like sort of like, you know, uh, uh, yeah, couples just like, stuff. yeah, just like bickering, like, like a, right. like a married couple, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's funny. <laughs> I've got so many notes that I haven't even said anything about. Well, d- Connor, let's get into it then. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's let let's go. Let's hear I, some of your notes. I just want to talk about some of the things I thought were really confusing and the things I thought that I loved about the movie. Um, okay, okay. I kind of noticed. I kind of felt like there was like a couple moments in the movie where it felt like some sort of inside joke with with me personally. Can you hear me? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The, the first thing was that I noticed that, um, you know, one of the first scenes during the kitchen and Nicholas cage is like, you get to see how like inappropriate of a dad he is and how like, you know, they, they're watching the news and, and he makes like, he's like, Oh, and he like does the whole like crash and he shoots ketchup on the kid. It's like this weird, like, Oh, you're making fun of a, a baby that died. Okay. Right. But, but they're watching the news on this like small portable dvd player thing have you <laughs> I seen noticed that, that, that too that, i noticed that you too. can't watch live television on those things i don't think at least <laughs> and, and I, I hope not they were really popular <laughs> back in like 2008 2009 and like yeah um right like they're just like not really like around anymore there used to be for like a little baby in the back seat which kind of made sense that they might have had it from like when their daughter was a baby or something but it just was like so silly and i was like you what there's the news they're watching the news on this like five inch dvd portable little like obsolete thing i know it's so obsolete it's really the weirdest (laughs) and then there was another part where uh um jumping forward a bunch where um mom gets shot in the arm by the son josh or i forget what his name is and uh and Nicolas Cage is wrapping her arm with a with like a gauze or like some type of bandage, and he, and he's counting how many times he's wrapping it. And he goes one, <laughs> two, three, five, six, seven, eight. And he he's totally skips a bunch <laughs> of numbers, but he like he like. Sk- and those two moments were just like, I was like yeah. I was like, what is happening? And like it was really fun, and like it made me laugh like um, on a deeper well, level like than the- normal. I, I think this movie is a comedy more than it is like I guess it's kind of a horror movie sort of but like De- definitely the, that's the most successful thing that it is for sure right yeah. and I also think it's interesting because it's the kind of thing where this is the best cage performance we've had in a really long time yeah and this is also like you know a movie of some quality yes. uh, even if taste wise we disagree on certain choices but I think that it would have been a better movie without Cage. Like, I think it's a great <laughs> mm. Cage performance, but that Cage actually undercuts, oh, no. like, the success of the rest of the movie, if that oh. makes any sense. Well, yeah, what do you mean? Wow. Well, it's just, like, I don't think that this movie is served by having that character be the dad, right? That's, it's just, like... <laughs> well, it, it's funny, because it reminded me... Uh, while watching it, I, I was thinking about uh, how Stephen King really didn't want Jack Nicholson uh, 
Don't bring uh, Stephen it, King into this, okay, it, wait, Dave? It, <laughs> he didn't want Jack Nicholson to to play uh, Jack in The Shining because he was like Jack Nicholson already looks crazy. Like he, you have to you have to see the transformation from the like n- normal guy to the crazy guy, which right. then Stephen King rectified in his direct for to TV adaptation of the shining in the nineties. Well, we don't uh, talk about that one with that guy from wings. wings I think yeah. wings. <laughs> but, we all remember wings, <laughs> nope. but, but, uh, but I was thinking about that. And then I, when I was reading interviews with cage, he actually said huh. specifically that he wanted to do the Jack Nicholson in the shining thing, which makes sense because it's another movie about a dad trying to kill his kid. Um, it, <laughs> And uh, that he was like, I, I wanted to do to to try to be terrifying, but also try to be funny in it. And but I I think yeah, it's like really fun to watch, but also do, it doesn't work for the same reason that Stephen King thought that The Shining didn't work, which I'm just gonna assume we all disagree with. Yeah, <laughs> that, I do. That, so I I think that I guess that touches on kind of what you're saying. Right. Like there are a couple like, uh, I don't, I mean, what I say all time greatest cage moments? I don't know if they're all time, but there's a lot that like, there's There's a a few really good ones. There's a lot of cage peaks in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think definitely the scene where he smashes the pool table is yeah. one of my favorite cage. Like now that I've seen that, this is one of my favorite cage moments. Absolutely. I think. That goes, that goes in the annals of, of a re of really good, really, really good cage moments. And in him doing a thing in a way that no other actor would do it and doing it in a way that is iconic. It, it's yeah. just, it's just really fun. My note on that scene, it's um, dad is an angry teen pool table punk wearing Misfits t-shirt with an OCD complex. The Misfits t-shirt and the Reagan youth on the stereo. <laughs> yeah, say. definitely. I think this th- there's a read into this movie that it's about, I mean, it's basically about like a midlife crisis, right? Yeah. It's one of the things it's about. I, I mean, I, okay. I have a note that uh, where I said, like what what is this about and i like there's yeah fear of aging like midlife crisis stuff is very much there fear of your parents uh you know killing you <laughs> right um fear of your own desire to kill your kids or a critique of something of or like, like the idea that everyone deep down like resents right. their kids for like making them old and so yeah it's like oh wouldn't you love to just like kill your children as a representation of like getting rid of the like boring ass life that you've settled into yeah. yeah i mean that that seems to be like the closest read to what if the movie is trying to say anything or get at anything that but is it or is of, it just like a goofy genre movie well I, I'm, but that's that's the thing is it's like i there's been a lot of like really smart like art house horror of the in the last like four or five years and to the extent that i i almost like i want 
I, I miss like just really sleazy, like uh, dumb, like movies that are done well. And this movie seems to be sort of in the middle. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really know exactly what it's about or what it's saying in, in part, because I think like it, it doesn't know which side it wants us to sort of identify with. Right. Like, are we supposed to be, are we supposed to feel like we're the, the kids and we're like, scared of the parents or are we supposed to feel like the parents and uh driven to rage to kill the kids because neither one really reads like it doesn't really take us into either one it reminds me of this there's a movie uh from 1989 called parents you guys seen that yes dude um no randy quaid yes absolutely yeah love that movie yeah it's it's good and and it like it has a really what the fuck is that Selma again? Yeah, I, that's her. I can't believe you have her in your house right now and she's not on the podcast. <laughs> she, <laughs> like, wouldn't she, what, she, like, why isn't she a guest? Uh, she's, she's on the toilet right now. She, oh yeah. She'd be, she'd be talking on the toilet all the time. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, oh, disconnected. Okay. Bye. Oh, parents, parents. Um, it's a movie about, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but like also like Randy Quaid and someone else like are essentially, they want to kill their kid, maybe eat him too. Right. Yeah. They, yes. And along with like the neighbors, I feel like too, or something. Yeah. So, and, and that movie really succeeds cause there's, cause we're supposed to identify with the kid like very much so. And the parents themselves seem very alien and they seem like these, you know, the, you feel that it's supposed to be this sort of like distant threat that you're, you're supposed to be close to your parents, but there's this like threatening feeling of like of violence over everything. And there's also this like undercurrent of like satire of suburbia and these sort of like, uh, you, you know, the sort of leave it to beaver thing that, um, and so like it, that, that's a movie that very much knows what it's trying to do and it, and it sort of does it. And this movie like sort of made stabs at both of those things. Like there's stuff, clearly we're supposed to think it's funny that in the house they have like those, like the vinyl, like decal stickers on the wall that say like family <laughs> yeah, or right. like, you know, there's the shot of Selma Blair drinking out of her coffee cup and it says totes a morning person. Yeah. And then, you know, she goes to Zumba class and Nick Cage is like at work watching porn and like, <laughs> you know, there's this like disaffected type of shit, but it's, so it's like, we're supposed to think that's funny and maybe it's saying something, but it's like, again, all that stuff feels kind of half baked. Well, one, one funny moment I do think about that, that kind of shows like the banality of like suburban, like being a suburban parent is after the Zumba class, when Selma Blair goes to like the smoothie or juice place with her friend. Yeah. 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 And, and then her like friend starts talking about her daughter and then she, and then she eventually is just like, she just gets like really bitter and she starts talking about like hating her daughter which I thought right. was like kind of funny yeah. uh, in like a weird way. And it's also kind of setting up like, you know, is this virus or it's not even established it's a virus, but is this thing that like suddenly triggers everyone to want to kill their kids? Like, is it just like unlocking like a latent like hatred and right. resentment toward your kids? Or is it just like a, is it just pheromones or like biology? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It kind of, it also like it, 
I feel like it plays on the fragility of all of that of like, it's like this, na- there's like a natural, um, like need to protect your kids or, and like to love them and to nurture them. And then, and then, Oh, okay. Then like, we're used to all these other things and our brains getting flipped around and like fucked up, you know, what was I going to say? The, uh, oh yeah, they're calling it savaging on the, on the news, right. like in the movie. <laughs> Dr. Yeah, they have Dr. Oz. Oz. <laughs> Re- reversing natural human impulse. Uh, yeah, it was a weird thing. I don't know. And that, that scene is really funny. You kind of see the total like link between her and her, her daughter, which has one of my favorite quotes in the movie, which is, um, uh, my mom is such a penis. <laughs> she says that. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I was like, am I just old or like, do kids call their parents penis now? Is that cool? Is that like a cool? <laughs> no, I think that this was just teenage dialogue written by like a 50 year old. man. <laughs> Someone honestly. who's older than us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like it though. I think it could it, be. It's funny though. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't say like, well, like yeah. and then, and then even when Selma Blair is in the car with her daughter and she, she asked her to like get off her phone so they could have like a conversation. And then, and then, she, and then her daughter just like rips into her so hard. And she's just like, God, mom, it's not, it's not my fault. You don't have a life. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. But yeah, it, like it's that kind of dialogue where it's like, well, who says those things? But also <laughs> like that kind of, uh, adds to like the weird campiness of the whole thing. Like everything is just so over the top, even though the the concept is over the top, it's not treated in a way like in the shining where it's like an actual terrifying situation. Right. You know what I mean? Like this and, is, and yet it's not like full satire either. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. I have, I have one question. The, the scene where Nick cage at work scene where he's asleep. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I when when it came on, I was thinking, oh yeah, he fell asleep to watching porn on his computer, right? Yeah, but I right. but so. then I realized, but then but then I was like, wait, I think it's the audio of like his his uh, flashback, his dream of like him riding well, around in that Camaro with like the naked woman, like fucking yeah, or something well, like that. I was like, what's going on? Like, what's I? Because do you ever actually see like do they reference porn on the computer or like? No, I had the same thing because you see him asleep and you hear the sounds of porn and then he wakes up and the sounds stop. Yeah. But then he takes the the picture that's on his desk of his kids (laughs) that has been laid face down and he puts it back up like he put it down while he was watching porn. Right. That that was that was what would to me was the implication that it was porn that he had to like turn his children's faces away. Totally. Wh- which, which during the whole movie, you're during the whole movie. You're thinking like this guy's going to fucking kill his kids. No, even if there wasn't a virus, this guy is like a right. completely like abusive father kind of. Well, And also way. then remember at the end when they do the, one of the final flashbacks where he's sitting with his son mm-hmm. and he's like, she's chugging a beer. They're like yeah. sitting in the yard he's got and those- he's just, <laughs> And he starts talking to his son about like pussy yeah. and about how like the trans am was like a pussy magnet yeah. for him. And then he, he even says something like, and if you ever touch it again, I'll, I'll fucking kill He's you a, or something yeah, like I'll that. I'll fucking right? kill you. Like he yeah. threatens to kill his son if he touches the car. He also like licks his lips after he drinks the beer in this really creepy, like dirty dude way. I, I wrote that down too. I was like the lick lipping or the lick. Yeah. Or the lip, the lick lip, lip licking of uh, Nicolas Cage. 
A plus. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's, it's again, it's the like Jack Nicholson thing where it's like even, or like you said, when he's doing the thing with the ketchup, like making fun of the baby who died, (laughs) it's like he didn't have far to go from like (laughs) to, to outright like killer. Like he already seemed like Nicholas Cage. (laughs) Yeah. But in the, in the, the other thing that keeps happening in certain scenes when when parents seem to turn, which it's weird how like the mom doesn't, you're, you're almost like, is she going to turn? Like what's going on here? Like is she, because like, like she, she's not turning yet. And then like some type of like fuzz happens on the TV screen or some type of like static yeah. comes on the radio, but none of that happens with Nick Cage. I Like if you, like there's no TV, all of a sudden he sees his, his children on, the, he picks up his picture and then he just goes, bah! Oh yeah, he, that's right. He like yells. Yeah, he just right. screams at nothing. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the tornado, baby. Get yeah. get out of the way. Is Nick Cage affected by the virus, or did he just like flip his lid? Like, did he just like absolutely <laughs> it, go crazy? Did something just he, click? he just saw it as an excuse to finally like murder his children <laughs> for touching his car? Yeah. so he took it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and and again, like, kind of the the movie ends with just like a little piece of irony that like you know the the parents are tied up and the girl is like you know we want to be able to trust you but like you have to show us that you're able to trust trust you which is the same dialogue that Selma Blair gave to her in the car about Mm -hmm. like going out to on a date with her boyfriend or whatever and you're like oh now it's flipped yeah and like but I was also just, you know, we don't know the cause of, of what happened, which is fine, but it's also just like, okay, so what, what did we learn children? <laughs> you know, what, where, yeah. what was the point of this? It's sort of like it again, it's like the point was just like, wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be crazy if parents killed kids? <laughs> like that's the whole movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the ending kind of like left me wanting a lot more. Like, um, I noticed the movie wasn't that long, and like yeah. they, they could have added like five minutes of like any like maybe they call the cops or like something happened like like just some type of like all right wrap this shit up real quick because it's like right or else there's like a show like what happens like slightly after where like yeah, oh what's now, the world like like yeah. now kids have to live with like their non-biological parents and there's like a, some kind of system to like keep them separated or something yeah. i don't know i mean i don't need a f- dave you're right i don't need a full explanation i'm not one of those people that's like oh yeah. the movie didn't make sense and therefore right. Right, i don't understand it but Same. but i would have liked like how would i just want a little epilogue of like how does the world adjust like how long does yeah. it last is it over it after a certain amount of time like, you know, if you if you manage to not get killed by your parents, is there a point where it like turns off and everything's fine again? Or is this just the rest of their lives are gonna like try your parents are like chasing you down? Well, but but then also like what's the age cutoff? Because then Lance Henriksen, which who we yes. haven't even fucking talked yes. about, comes yes. in at the end Bishop. to try to kill Cage. Oh, yeah, and uh, like yeah, I, I knew that was coming, yet. but yeah. it was still satisfying <laughs> that they they come and then they're trying to kill uh nick cage yeah i don't know I, I not that i don't think lance henriksen isn't a good actor but i feel like also that was kind of a bit of like oh you know what kind of movie that was sort of like shorthand i feel like for like telling the audience like what kind of movie this was supposed to be 
because yeah. tonally up until that point it was like all over the place and then finally once that happened i was like oh it's it's like a you know it's like a it's like a comedy yeah like it's a, it's funny. Yeah, yeah when, when, it when grandma's down. flying over the car and the music slows down in the slow motion, that I was like, oh, that's so funny. It made me laugh out loud. I, right. I also I also laughed when uh, Lance Henriksen like flew forward and and like what, just when they both got just murked by the Trans Am, like it, oh, it was yeah, fun. totally. <laughs> um, also, when Ooh. like the boyfriend yeah. who got he he like Nick Cage just like stomped this Dude. black teenager, which is like really, really wild to watch. Uh, and then he's the true hero of the movie. I yeah. Feel like. And then he like comes back and like saves the, the girl, but then also just gets, he gets stabbed in the face and like he, he gets fucked up so he gets hard. Fucked I mean, up. This kid has more lives than Michael Myers. He gets fi- <laughs> Yeah. He so he he gets um he gets the worst deal. He gets bashed in the yep. head. He gets fish hooked by mom through the closet and then he gets thrown off and then he gets thrown off yeah. the stairs. That that like crazy scene. Yeah, that was cool. That was pretty cool actually. Like whoever yeah, um, and then but also that. before all that cage like that beats the shit out but, of him. Uh, He's like has him pinned on the ground and he like wails like on him. And not to mention his own father. Heads bashed. Be it like St- slashes him with broken glass and then he watches his own dad die <laughs> honestly that that was kind of a cool kill the way yeah, he like his- slid forward and just like fell right onto the broken piece of glass and killed yeah. himself totally <laughs> yeah totally and that that was that was like the only time in the movie where you actually kind of saw somebody get killed like 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 for the whole thing because they they like um brian or, or whoever like they they use a lot of restraint in the movie, so it, like it's not really the most gory movie. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of blood, but yeah. it kind of leaves you up to your own imagination, which I sort of like about it. Like how like you only see like right. the, the kid right. who gets keyed to death. You only see the key and like the bloody hand or whatever, and um, it kind of leaves it. At first, like the first scene with the mom and the train and stuff, I was kind of like, dude, show right. that fucking minivan getting obliterated because i want to see that but then i like the more i watched and the longer i stayed tuned i right. was like oh no uh, that's not what this is about and it kind of like i kind of liked it for that yeah and also the the dad the neighbor uh with the bloody baseball, the bloody bat. baseball bat yeah <laughs> like that was cool you don't actually see him you know like see how it got that bloody but it tells right, you right. everything you need to know about the situation so totally. or the the housekeeper ringing out the bloody mop oh right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you don't you don't see her um kill her daughter either you see like no. the meat you see the meat cleaver in, in her hand and you see her looking at her daughter and then it cuts to the boy and then you hear like a scream or something like right. that. Right. Oh, you know, you know what I thought was cool was uh, when they, they they fill up the basement with gas and uh, <laughs> she sticks the matches on the door so oh, that yeah. it opens. It was like I, Home Alone. Yeah, totally. it was. It exactly was what I was thinking. Yeah, Home Alone. Um, Home Alone Five. What was that? Home Alone Five then or something? I think sure, there's four. Yeah, of them Home now. Alone Five. Mom and Dad. <laughs> also, also, Mom and Dad save the planet versus mom and dad what's that all about what do you where are where do you stand on that i mean wait uh, wait what do you mean um um there's a movie called mom and dad save the planet oh i've never and, heard uh, of this oh dude it's 
I really like it. It stars of a very bad man, but it's also a really good movie. Fuck that movie. Don't worry about that movie anyway. It's okay. <laughs> so I guess then my default answer is mom and dad. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same here. Cool. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I've got some supplementary material that I want to get to after we're done talking about mom and dad. Okay. But um, the last thing that I have to say about this movie um, is a little insight into the, the hokey pokey scene, the scene where Nicolas Cage is beating up the, uh, the pool oh, table please. with the sledgehammer. Yes, yeah. please. Uh, singing, singing the hokey pokey, um, which uh, if if you've watched enough Nicolas Cage movies, you can spot that that is definitely a thing that he brought to it. That, that was not in the script. <laughs> no one asked him to do that. That was that. That was something. Uh, as this this interviewer, uh, <laughs> this interviewer puts it, he says, uh, "Was that in the script, or did you find that on set?" <laughs> this is something he found on set this is what he has to say he says what happened in that scene where i'm beating up the pool table with a sledgehammer was in the script but the hokey pokey came from because my character is deeply frustrated in that moment and the hokey pokey came from my own experience from kindergarten where the bureau of education i had realized designed a song to sort of separate the discoordinated children from the coordinated children not that I was discoordinated, but I had friends who were, and I knew what was going on. You have to put your right foot in, and then your left, and then tap your head and turn around. They're trying to like sort you out, like who's discoordinated and who isn't. And I took great umbrage with that at like five years old, and it really pissed me off, and I hated doing the hokey pokey. So I said, well, what would really get me frustrated? What do I despise more than anything? It's the song, The Hokey Pokey. And so I thought it's a perfect place to put it in, and I just put it in the movie. I love that. I like <laughs> that's I great. Freaking... Also, that's an insane thing for a five-year-old to be thinking. <laughs> it's <laughs> also not true. <laughs> I, the, the Bureau you of Education did not create that song. Period. I know, but I love that and... he's just like taking this to his grave for like sixty years. <laughs> this is like he's stuck to this. That's been this that's like been sitting inside of it. He like exercised <laughs> that on set. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad he. Got, I hope he got some closure on it. That was a good scene. I I really enjoyed that scene of him breaking up the pool table. And, on, and honestly, like the the speech that he gave after that too about getting old, like that was one of the best monologues that he's had in a long time. Honestly, I'll do that shit for an acting class. Yeah, it, it like was, how funny would it be to roll up to an acting class with that <laughs> monologue? With that monologue. But, I mean, but, it's like it's it's pretty well written, and I think it, it you is. Know, it's but like, you have to you have to start with the hokey pokey, though. Oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> that's the like, first thing you do. He d- he does uh, reference him, himself as a young dude at at one point in that monologue, and for some weird reason, that kind of threw me off. It like it like broke some fourth wall or something like that for me when he he's like, <laughs> I was a young dude. It's like I did. Would you say that if you were a young dude? I don't know. If I, I don't know. I I just I I couldn't help like just editorializing like all the like because you know it's about like where where did my youth go? Where did my life go? Is this really what I had in mind? Right. Um, stuff and like obviously Nick Cage is a millionaire who has his life has been pretty kind to him. Uh, all oh, I would considered. say, uh, yes, I would say so. Yes. Extremely <laughs> lucky. Yeah. But I, I still 
couldn't help but editorialize it a little bit with just being like, well, yeah, but like he, that is the thing though. You get fat and old and you stop being like, you know, the, the guy who's in the Trans Am with a woman's tits in your face doing donuts, <laughs> listening to Reagan <laughs> youth, like, and you become the guy who's playing the dad <laughs> in the movie. I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I think Nick Cage probably felt that I, I can see him, him really meaning that shit. Yeah. Like that, it definitely came from, he found some truth in that and brought it out. Definitely. Totally. Is there anything else that, that you guys want to say about the movie? I liked the opening credits. I thought it was cool. Oh yeah. Um, that was a really, really good sequence. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like on just a lot of levels, the movie works, but as a whole, it kind of falls flat. Like the, it just as feels the final thing feels kind of slight, uh, compared to like the promise of the premise and, 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 uh, you know, I mean, I think if you are into, I'm trying to think of like other movies, like weird horror comedies. Like I'm trying to think of something to compare it to like dead alive maybe, or something like that. Although I don't think it's as well made as that movie. Um, a zombie land or like a comedy, like zombie movie. You might like it. Um, yeah. Zombie land feels like a pretty good, uh, comparison point. Um, but if you're not into that kind of shit, I would still highly recommend looking up just on YouTube or whatever the highlight like cages, some of the highlights of cage from this movie. Cause it's like some of them are so fucking good, but the whole thing I feel like is kind of a fine. I give it like a six out of 10 for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a, it, it was cage said it's the, his favorite movie that he's made in 10 years, which hmm. doesn't surprise okay. me. Yeah. I have a couple things, uh, that I want to talk about just like a, two simple things, which was All right, keep them simple, please. They're, they're <laughs> simple and it's going to go by real quick. So we've, we, we left out the, the Sawzall, which was really fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the Sawzall, well, it saws all. <laughs> I, and I, I love do, how they, they kept bringing it back too. Yeah. It's missing. I just, I, I, I know she's here. I, I appreciate that because I, that is just something that I think about usually when I use a sawzall. <laughs> have the same thing. But yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And just, just, just his face. Well, he gets blown up when we're talking about the Home Alone part, where where she like does the whole match. She's like the Maverick. She's she she turns into Maverick basically. She creates the match strike thing. It blows a big uh, fireball into Nick Cage's face, and uh, he comes back with like the sawzall thing. He's like pretty pretty like full force nick cage like with like fruit loops on his face yeah yeah like, that. <laughs> yeah, like where did that come from oh there's also fly the into like a, a cabinet into the fruit loops box like yeah. what he's not even burned really <laughs> and before <laughs> before in the movie there's another reference to fruit loops when like the sun feeds like a dying animal fruit loops in the car and then yeah like, yeah what was that scene was really weird but it was really kind of like a cool shot anyway um moving like i i just feel i feel like it was kind of like a play on like the zombie thing obviously but, but instead of like uh like we want your brains give me your brains it was like they were like they still had their intellect and like they're like they're like cognitive as fuck and but yeah. they just like but like just this tiny thing was flipped where they just wanted to kill their kids instead yeah. of yeah instead of protect them. But I feel like with that intellect intact, 
wouldn't there be some sort of struggle and like this movie I like because it doesn't take itself seriously. So I like that it doesn't take itself seriously. I like that there isn't really an explanation for if it's a virus or whatever it is. And like, I still like that it doesn't explain everything and I don't need an explanation, but that was just one thing I was thinking of was like the parents have no logic though. Like when it comes to, they know what's going on. They're not dumb zombies. They're just, as intelligent as they used to be, except it's just this like tiny little like cube of consciousness. That's just like altered. And, and it's a, it's yeah. interesting. I like there, it. But. There's like that, that one interview with the guy, which I, I like this scene where he was like, I know I should, he's just on TV at one point. He's like, I know I should be, uh, I know this, I should feel wrong about what I did. And that like, you know, this should be wrong, but I, I can't, it just felt so right. It felt like the most right thing in the world to kill my kid. That was one of the creepier parts to me. There's also like the, the, the part with, um, the boyfriend, uh, after his dad, he, dad kind of kills himself on accident. That was the one kill where you saw somebody sort of really f- like sort of deal with the magnitude of like a death in like a slight way, but it's still like in that scene, we get a sense of like, Oh, there's a a history of abuse from his dad, uh, drunk and abusive. And now he just tried to kill him and then watched He Then he watched his dad accidentally die, you know, and you just, it's like, and his dad is continuing to like try to kill him while he's, it's like this weird and like the son's trying to help him and like it's really dark and kind of fucked up yeah and and it sort of like gets at the heaviness of that moment like it doesn't really deal with it but it sort of like faints at it at least yeah and uh but that was sort of the one time and then you know he he has enough uh he's not traumatized to the extent that he can't just like go save his girlfriend and yeah right uh, so like he seems to just get up and walk away from yeah, it pretty he, quickly he, he walks it off yeah yeah <laughs> and he like knows what's going on right away kind right. of i i just have like two more really really quick things which is the scene where they're at the door like uh mom and dad are at the door you know, um, to the basement and like Nick Cage goes off and, and keeps saying the word motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was, I, I, that was so great. good. He's like, your motherfucking mother said to open this motherfucking door, you motherfuckers. And then he starts crying like, and, and like, yeah, it was like, it was just so intense. And then, um, I loved that. I just like, I, absolutely I loved, that, loved that. And the, and the other thing I wanted to say was like, I'm, I'm in the middle of watching this movie and, and at the same time realizing that like my parents, could have killed me so many times (laughs) and I just wanted to publicly thank my mom and dad for not murdering me and Uh, like and also this movie is probably very triggering for anybody who's gone through like any type of like child abuse involving a a parent or a parental figure and it might even be like probably should have like said that in the beginning of of the podcast yeah whoops (laughs) another quick like cap is like just the, the boyfriend being like the, the ultimate true hero. And he's like, he gets knocked down time and time again and gets back up and, and, and literally saves everybody. Um, the kids that is. And, uh, 
and uh, he's the only like person of color in the movie, pretty much. And that's yeah, like, except for the except for the Chinese housekeeper, right, right, right. But she's only in it for like a little bit. She's pretty funny beginning. though. I no, no, yeah, her. she is. She's like everyone's <laughs> acting so crazy today. I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> like after she's murdered her daughter, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm done. I'm gonna stop now. I, that's all. Uh, that's all, everything I wanted to say. Okay. While I was uh, sort of researching uh, this movie and trying to find uh, it, info and stuff to to bring to it, uh, I came upon something in InterviewMagazine.com. It says it's called. It says Cock Nicholas Cage and Marilyn Manson in conversation. So this is an, an interview with Nicolas Cage by Marilyn Manson. Wait, this, this what? Ha- th- this happened this year, and I well, it touches on mom and dad a little bit, but mostly it's just a conversation with Nicolas Cage and Marilyn Manson. And I, I can I can I read to you guys some some bits from this? Yes, absolutely. Please. Yeah, and and uh, also I might may, may I add that when I was like looking for this uh, background image, I all I could like find were like. Nicholas Cage and Marilyn Manson face next to each other like the whole time. Really? Yeah. When I was looking for a, I just typed in Nicholas Cage and images and it was like a bunch of Marilyn Manson and Nicholas Cage uh, images, like just their faces next to each other in the same image. Well, apparently um, they've been friends for a long time. Ma- Manson says that, uh, they met, uh, when, uh, Nick Cage came to Marilyn Manson's first art show and he bought uh, a painting that Marilyn Manson had done, the first painting he ever made. Wow. Um, and uh, this this interview, honestly, like, it's worth just looking up and uh, and reading because the whole thing is, is out of control. But I, I'm just going to do some highlights here. Um, so this is from 2020 and, um, so this is a, a couple of years after mom and dad came out. So Nick Cage recently bought a crow. He, he, he has a crow now. Um, city of angels. Ugin. See, <laughs> uh, it's the city of angels crow too. It's city of angels. That's what I'm saying. There's the link of the, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. It's the crow, yeah. right? The crow <laughs> yeah. crow too. city of angels. He bought a crow. See, it's the crow too. Okay. He he, sa- he says that Hugan sa- can say hi and bye and c- and calls him an asshole. <laughs> and also Wait, can that you, is Can you train crows to talk? <laughs> this one talks. No way. Is that a thing? I, it, this is it, it, it talks. It also eats what? cat food. <laughs> what? Yeah, it, it eats cat food. That's not uh, right. Oh, and calls him an asshole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Marilyn Manson starts talking about, he says, why did you teach the crow to say cock? And Mar- and Nick Cage is like, oh, well, we should, we should get into the, the story behind that. Manson says that Nick Cage left a, a voicemail on his phone where he says a multi-universe of several different characters were all screaming cock in a loud dissonant way. So I, I think Nick Cage was screaming cock in a bunch of different voices. And, and, uh, and this is what Cage says. He says, I've been in lockdown for five months trying to do the right thing. And it gets a little frustrating. So I came up with this concept of a family 
Beth, David, and Kyle. David is a 13-year-old kid who can't stop saying cock, and he likes to blurt it out in ways that create public disruption and family disharmony. The father, Kyle, is trying to be very patient, and of course, David is throwing a fanny pack at him. <laughs> and Kyle says... What? You hit, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and Kyle says, you what? hit me in the head with a fanny pack? I fail to see the humor in that. And then David shouts, cock. Then finally, he begins to calm down because David has worked hard on controlling his behavior and he's doing well in school. He wrote a great report about Leonardo da Vinci and he got an A++ for the essay. So Kyle says, okay, you've been wanting to go to Milan. Let's go. When they're there, Kyle is very excited to take his son to see da Vinci's magnum opus, The Last Supper. And when he reveals it to David, David, of course, screams, cock. What? What? <laughs> How does that? What is he? Wait. Mean? So he left this in a voicemail on Marilyn Manson's <laughs> phone. He left this a voicemail story? on Marilyn Manson's phone where he screamed <laughs> "cock" in a bunch of different voices, and then I don't know if he gave Marilyn Manson that backstory or if the, or if he was getting it for the first time here. But that's Whoa. that is the story of Beth, David, and Kyle. <laughs> and <laughs> but so so also though Nick Cage, first of all, Nick Cage is coming up with these elaborate scenarios while in lockdown for in quarantine. Yeah, I, I guess his his girlfriend is Japanese and she went to Japan right as the lockdown was happening. So he, he hasn't seen her in, uh, all year. So it's just been him, his cats and his crow <laughs> <laughs> who eats cat food, who eats all who the eats, cat ca- who eats the cat food. And, uh, and he's just coming up with, uh, little scenarios like this and leaving them on voicemails. Do we know who Nicholas Cage, uh, voted for i don't i have no idea actually what or, or political i have a feeling he's the kind of guy that like has never voted yeah, yeah i was gonna say or or has ever or did he vote at all yeah i yeah, i like, I, like ha, has he ever given a shit enough to vote right like yeah i i feel like he would he would vote for some like mike gravel or something you know just some <laughs> like i i feel like he would be a third party voter if if at all um, for sure. I mean, he should just run for president. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, he all bets are it. off at this point. He, yeah, dude, he, why not? We had Trump as a fucking president. Why not Nick Cage? He's I he's at like least that. smarter. I don't know if he's any less crazy, but he's definitely smarter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, you want to hear some more stories? Yeah. Um, yeah. He he had a little anecdote about he and Marilyn Manson hanging out at Johnny Ramone's house all the time watching movies and that Johnny Ramone had a mummified hand with tattoos all over it and that Marilyn Manson he was he makes fun of Marilyn Manson cuz he wouldn't touch it without using a tissue. <laughs> what? Wait. Johnny Ramone had a mummified hand? Yeah. Wow. Is that true? I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's in the interview. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Wait, like, I mean, at like, this point, what is true? He has a yeah. crow that calls him an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Na- named Hugan. Probably, um, c- yeah. I, I'm just wondering, like, if anybody, either of you two, I'm not a big Ramones trivia guy, so well, maybe. I, I I think so. I think Johnny Ramone was friends with like uh, Rob Zombie and and these guys, and I think he's the same type of guy who collected a lot of weird stuff, just like liked weird things and comic books and stuff. He was also a virulent Republican. I don't know how that fits in, but 
um, yeah, so I, I bet he probably did have a mummified hand that was on his coffee table or whatever. And that Marilyn and Manson and, uh, Nick Cage were like, probably like wine drunk watching some dumb movie and playing with it. I, I, I believe that probably happened. Yeah. That's um, weird how, that's weird how Republicans can like, you're like, wait, that guy's a Republican. That's crazy. But are there any like democrats that are like that where you're like whoa that dude's a democrat he's so he seems <laughs> no, so conservative no because i i think it's just assumed right that like everyone in 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 hollywood the, yeah 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 but someone like johnny ramon though you're like oh yeah well he's probably a guy who just he got like money he got a lot of money and was also kind of an asshole so yeah but he had a sense. mummified hand yeah that, that, that screams democrat to me <laughs> um so uh manson asks nick cage if he ever has gambled in his life cage says the last time i gambled was about 30 years ago i was in the bahamas and i walked into a casino and i felt like i had my mojo with me like nothing could go wrong my game was roulette I went in with $200 and I didn't miss a number, so much so that even the lady spinning the wheel said, nothing sweeter than a repeater. In 20 minutes, I turned $200 into $20,000. So I went and I found an orphanage in the Bahamas, met all the kids and the headmistress, and I said, this is for you. I put the 20 grand in her hand and walked away and never gambled again, because if I did, it would ruin the power of that moment. Whoa. (laughs) Dude, these are all like, what, did any of this really happen? That's like what all of these stories are like. <laughs> it's kind of like, are you going to choose to have hope or not? I believe it happened. I'm going to okay. go ahead and believe in Nick Cage. You know, Dude, I, I, I believe in we're hope. 80, we're 80 episodes deep. We have no choice but to believe at this point. <laughs> I, I just, just believe. He, yeah. <laughs> he is a guy who uses his celebrity specifically for these things. These things. Like I, I choose to believe it all. All right, of, course. Yeah. of course there's no other option i'm believing yeah um <laughs> a, a couple little bits uh marilyn manson also painted a portrait of nicholas cage using only tattoo ink and a children's alice in wonderland paint set i don't Whoa, know where that where where is this i don't know Ooh. If, can if anyone anyone in the world hears this and you've seen this photo we need you to please email us at heatseekingpanther at gmail.com. Better if you've got a photo of it even, but yes. we, we, need, we need visual verification. I, I, I want verification. I also really, really want to hear the voicemail of him just screaming cock in different voices. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like, I want like someone should just release a tape of like all of Nick Cage's voicemails that he leaves to like friends and family, <laughs> right? Just like a giant like, like a fucking torrent dump of just like every Nick Cage voice voicemail <laughs> wow um he, he, marilyn manson asks him if the only wine that he drinks is coppola wine because <laughs> uh <laughs> and What's kate says answer? no but his his favorite coppola wine is called ingle nook which he says is really buttery so miles mm-hmm. when when we go to the winery someday after covid yeah. that's the wine we're getting the, the angle nook. Wait, wait, what? Well, am I not invited? No, or something? You're, dude, you're 100. Yeah, yeah, invited. yeah. Come along. What I heard was Dave invite Miles to the winery. Well, when I said Miles, it was like the, <laughs> the collective Miles. It was like Miles and uh, and you were just implied. 
Yeah. We I, are I felt males. like we're so familiar that I didn't even need to say your name. I feel that. Do you know, uh, Connor, do you know about <laughs> uh, the Coppola winery slash museum? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I only know about the San Antonio winery. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> That one, that one doesn't have a, a museum in it of uh, it's in Lincoln Heights. memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. What's the what what's what's in the the Coppola uh, museum now? It's like Batman's Dude, it, armor. <laughs> I don't know why, but they got all kinds of stuff from like Francis Ford Coppola movies in the winery. God, um, there's just a bunch of stuff from like a lot of his movies. But a lot of the movies I realize you've never heard of. So I don't know how yeah. exciting it'll be ultimately. Wait, if I come, am I going to ruin it? Uh, no, no, no. You'll, you'll only okay, make cool. it better. I'll, I'll invite myself then. Uh, yeah, okay, you're great. invited. You're, okay. Any, any of our <laughs> guests, honestly, if you're listening, who, who've been on the show, you're all invited. Um, yeah, we should all go. Like a We group. should all go. Yeah. Dude, honestly, we should hold a, <laughs> a post-COVID heat-seeking panther meetup. At the Coppola oh winery. God. <laughs> so like, ridiculous. I, I, and we all just get really drunk on yeah, the, ing- on the Ingle Nook. On Ingle Nook. <laughs> we get ripped on Ingle Nook and then like take photos like inside the fucking 50s car from uh, Peggy Sue Got Married that's on display. Dude, what, what if all the all the movie memorabilia was just from uh, the Robin Williams movie Jack? Oh, <laughs> is that? Oh, wow. Okay. That's Coppola. I yeah. saw that in the theater, you know. Did you really? Yeah. Huh. That's where he gets big, right? He d- <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the he one. Does. I think that's I think that was what it said on the poster it said he gets big. He gets big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um w- a couple more from this interview. Uh Manson asks him if he's ever had like real crushes on his love interests in in film. And he says uh, Deborah Foreman in Valley Girl, he had a really big oh. crush on. Bridget Fonda in It Could Happen to You, and Penelope Cruz in Captain <laughs> Carrelli's Mandolin. Ooh, yeah, that that was a spicy one. Could you imagine this guy having a crush on you? <laughs> <laughs> or or that guy, Dave. But also, uh, Dave, I like to imagine him like hitting on Penelope Cruz, but like in staying in character. Doing the, the accent, the <laughs> Italian the accent fucking, that like, he does. Super Mario Brothers Italian <laughs> accent that he has in that movie. Oh boy. <laughs> Who could resist? All right. And this, this is the last story I have. Uh, this is, uh, it, Manson asks him about a uh, bad Lieutenant, uh, Port New Orleans. He says, I'm not going to put anything on record in terms of what I did or didn't experience uh, while making that movie, but I did buy the most haunted mansion in New Orleans, which is known as the LaLaurie Mansion. We had a big party. Werner came over, and at the time, I owned a two-headed snake, which I had spent a lot of money on and subsequently donated to the Audubon Zoo. But I brought it out, and everybody was freaked out by it. Werner said, now, Nicholas, we have to put this into a movie. And I said, no. I'm not putting it into a movie because this is personal. So we filled the movie with snakes, iguanas, and alligators, but he never got the two-headed snake. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and, and then he says that uh, he, he, was, he wasn't drinking at all at that point of time. So he, sa- he says that that's his most impressionistic film performance because he had to remember what it was like being really drunk. 
Whoa. Wait, is, is the implication that he's been drunk for every other performance? No, he says that he doesn't drink on set, really, except for uh, leaving Las Vegas. He got really ripped doing some scenes in that. But uh, I guess he, he, he says in the same interview that like doing movies is essentially what keeps him from drinking, that he's like got a really self-destructive streak. And so like working obsessively is like the thing that makes him a better like yeah, husband well, like, and father, et cetera. Judging from his resume, he would be a worse kind of alcoholic, probably dead by now if he was drinking at the rate he was making movies. Yeah. So he's a workaholic <laughs> instead. It's, it's a, it's a good story. It's yeah. nice. So he has a history of alcohol abuse or is it um, like, no, I mean, he has a history of getting really fucking ripped and like doing, you know, in public and, and making scenes like I, he likes to get uh, drunk and probably like snowed out and, and doing stuff. But, uh, right. but in terms of like doing movies by all accounts, he's like a total pro. So yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why he just, yeah, he puts out like six to eight movies a year now. I was going to say he's still working and uh, this movie's pretty recent and pretty good. So. Yeah, well, yeah. we actually just hit a milestone, Dave, in the last week or two between the last recording. The first uh, the first two movies that were theatrically released of 2020 starring Cage both came out. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, dude. Jiu-Jitsu and... Uh, the fucking crude sequel. Oh <laughs> shit! They, they, it's on like on demand. Yeah, I think it was on. They they were gonna when it looked like they were gonna reopen theaters like a month ago. I think they were planning on releasing it, and then they didn't. So I think they're just online. But but it took him. I mean, I know there's been a fucking pandemic, but it took him until November to release a movie in 2020, which oh is crazy God. to think about, right? Yeah. You know what, though? That just means that there's probably, like, a backlog of... Like yeah, dude, the, <laughs> the next, like, two or three years, there's going to be, like, 15 movies a year. <laughs> yeah, although I guess there, it, it'll catch up because he's just been uh, uh, leaving voicemails on people's phones and shit. Probably hasn't been working. That's true. Um, well, he's going to be in the... Connor, have you heard about him playing Joe Exotic in the, in the biopic miniseries? The Tiger King uh, biopic? Again, when I looked up images... That came up as well, the yeah. Tiger Band. And I just wanted to say, leaving lost voicemails, okay? There Thank you go. <laughs> Thank you for Thank saying you. that. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's, that's all I had to share from that. Um, cool. Uh, Connor, before you go, what are your Anything? top three? <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want. Anything you want. I need you to answer a question for me. Oh, yeah, I can do that. What are your top three Nicolas Cage performances? Oh, shit. I mean, two obvious ones, I think, would be Raising Arizona. I love that movie so much, and he's so sweet and such like a sweet man, such a sweet character. Like, you can't help but just love him in that, yeah. in that movie. He loves his wife so much, and he'd do anything for her. And uh, And then the next one would probably be... Again, I haven't seen as many. You know, I, I wish I, I wish I would have. I wish I could see more. But um, Wild at Heart would probably be my second because I don't know. I mean, again, that movie. I love that movie too. It's one of my favorite. He's he's like in two of like some of my favorite movies almost ever. Yeah. You know, 
I'm also a very bad movie critic because I love movies. So it has to be like legitimately bad for me to really not like it. And, um, or just like really poor taste and, uh, like wrong. So I will admit that. I'm not going to lie. I I knew you were going to ask me this question because I listened to an episode of your podcast. Like I've listened to a couple, but I listened to the last one and and, and you asked the last uh, guest the same question. But I I was trying to think of the like last one. I was like, damn, like, what is it? I I remember seeing uh, Amos and Andrew as a, as a young kid, (laughs) as a very young kid and being like, whoa, this movie's (laughs) fucking cool. And I don't, I don't know if this is the same movie, but, Cause I literally saw it when I was like, so young. I was way too young to watch it. It was so weird to me, but I was like, this is an adult movie and I like it, <laughs> but they, they, do they order a pizza and then just cut it in half and give like, and give halves out to people? Because like I, when, when I, whatever movie that's from, that was so cool to me as like a five-year-old. And I thought it was from Amos and Andrew. But my official answer for the third favorite uh, performance is a movie that I recently watched with my girlfriend um, that I never saw and never really knew about, but it's very popular and it's, I really like the movie a lot. And that is Moonstruck. I love that movie. I love, I, I love that movie and I love his character in it as like how upset he is with his brother and like what he lost his hand. And, um, yeah. I just, I just, he's like, he's young cage and he's like buff and, and he's yeah. really, he's really like raw and tender yet like superiorly masculine enough for Cher to fall in love with him. And it's like this like really fun movie. That's hilarious. I, and like, um, uh, one thing that sticks with me is just the grandpa at the end that goes, I forget what he said. Fuck. I wish I knew the line, but it's something like (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the movie, everything's like, there's so much drama happening at like dinner. And he's just like, the grandpa's just so fucking confused. And he's like, I have no idea what's going on here. (laughs) Yeah. I forget what he says. He's like, dude, cage has so much like sexual, like some, so much primal animal sexuality in that movie. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how he, he, he like, he, he like throws everything off the table yeah. and like picks her up and he's like, it's, it's amazing, man. And shares really good. I just like never, that movie was never on my radar until like, you know, a year or so ago. And then I watched it and was like, how I love this movie. It also yeah. came out the year I was born. That's that's a great list. Uh, those are three yeah, really man. good movies. <laughs> cool. And Amos Thank and Andrew. Thank you for agreeing. Yeah, yeah just that, that, an honorable mention. <laughs> that's like a miscellaneous fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, I I really want to rewatch that movie because there are some like really uh, deep hidden lost memories of mine like in, ingrained in that movie somewhere where I need to like that I would like to uh, uh, dig out. To be honest, so, I, I forgot that, that movie scene. even existed. Yeah, and I forgot about a lot of that movie. Um, but oh, I, you know. also, you said Samuel L. Jackson was supposed to play uh, what's his name in the last movie you guys yeah. did, right? Or yeah, uh-huh. to, and th- to play the cage role, and that's uh-huh. them together. So, which honestly, there's still there's still an alternate timeline where Sam Samuel L. Jackson did play that role, and Cage played the Don Johnson lawyer part. <laughs> right, right, <Wow. laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we'll never see that movie. Speaking of, of uh, you know, people playing roles, um, a, another thing from uh, a different Cage interview that I, I read regarding mom and dad. This has come up before, and I'm just excited that it's he's still holding a torch for it. 
he still really wants to play Captain Nemo in 20,000 Leagues <laughs> Under the Sea. I mean, that would be great. They should. He's not too old. They should he, do he, it still. He wants, that's his dream role. He feels that he has a spiritual connection to that role that no other actor has, and that he understands it. And uh, I really Just love that he's, he, for years he's been holding out for someone to make that movie. So I, yeah. I just want it to happen just for him. I want to see what he has in mind. It, judging, judging by the way his career seems to go with this kind of thing, it'll prob- if it happens, it'll probably suck. But I, just, I want it to happen. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be focus group to death. Or yeah. he'll just make so many bizarre choices that it just sinks the entire thing because none of it makes sense. Yeah, but just put, just let it let the man do it. Let he should just direct it himself. Honestly, he should produce and direct it and star in it. Yeah, there's no other way to do it. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, Dave, what's the next movie we're doing? I believe it's the Humanity Bureau, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I I believe that's it. The Humanity Bureau. We'll see. It seems dystopian. It seems like a dystopian sci-fi situation. So it might be interesting at the very least. That could be fun. At this point, anything's better than the the schlock we've had to wade through the last Definitely. the last couple months of our life. Well, <laughs> looking forward to it. And on uh, that note, Connor, thank you for being here. Do, do you want to you want to plug your podcast? Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. By the way, and um, yeah, uh, my podcast is called the the Dark Silly Podcast. Um, I, th- I think when you look it up, you should just type in dark, silly, po- dark, silly, the, the dark, silly podcast. Um, when you type in on Instagram, it's the dark, silly podcast. The podcast is called the dark, silly on podcast networks, but, uh, it's on Spotify and all the podcast networks that you can find. And it's just a silly, fun podcast where nothing really happens. There's some prank phone calls. There's, uh, in-person a-list celebrity interviews like, like as, you know, like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Which actually we find out that uh, Kanye West played Jar Jar Binks. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Stuff like that. Also, I'm a musician. We, I have a, uh, an EP that's out on Spotify right now. It's, it's uh, if you type in Connor Kinsman, C-O-N-O-R-K-I-N-S-M-A-N. Um, the EP is called we're going to miss you. Yeah, and it's great. It's great. Oh, thanks, Dave. Yes. And you've got some music coming out soon too, baby, that I'm excited to hear. Yeah, someday. So it's coming out soon, someday. <laughs> someday soon. Yeah. And my, and Miles, he's got um drums. I've I've actually retired from music. No. So, yeah. 2020 did it to me, man. Don't say that. There's no point. There's, there's no point to enjoying things that you primarily did outside of your own house. So I stopped. <laughs> so is tired of music the same as tired from music? Because if you're re-tired from music... Dave, help me out here for a second. I, no, I, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> um, Anyways, uh, there's like there's like a thing that's happening there where it's like if you're re if you're if you're retired yeah. that means you've been tired before, and if you're tired from music if you're retired from music yeah, that's not the same as being retired, tired of music. 
Oh, so I'm just tired of music then. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> it's not the same thing as tired of music. It's tired from music means you're tired again. Well, on that music. note. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I was gonna, I was trying to go there. Honor, <laughs> can you give us uh, one more Panther roar? For the way out, uh, Dave, do you want to yeah. give him the Italian countdown? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want um, Do you want a different roar or do you want he, a different style? Yeah, no. Yeah. Pretend you're a different Panther up. this time. Okay, totally different okay. Uh, style Panther. So. Okay. Thank you, Connor. That was great. Sure, sure. I really, I really, I really personally would have much rather the uh, Papa Roach, but I can always cut. I can always splice that back in. Dude, you should splice them both, dude. Fix it in post, dude. You Think should about splice it. both at the same time. Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> have like a fucking gong behind me and like a bunch of roto toms you'll you'll have that one really tall symbol that john yeah, stanier that battles like has you up to hit it but <laughs> only yeah. only in the photo behind me i won't have the real drum kit in front of me no you guys are you guys um you guys are great you guys are good guys i like you guys <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> i'm just I actually, I do, I never zoom and I never do this type of thing. So I'm like just figuring it out. And I, I, like I said, I had a trial run yesterday. It's sort of an awkward way of doing it. I got so used because we did it for like four years in my living room. So it was just like Dave would come over uh, or we, I, we would invite whoever the guest was, if they were local to LA, they would, would, and most of them were, they would just come over and, uh, and then all of a sudden, like now we're doing all of our shit over Zoom and it's a it's a weird I haven't gotten used to it to be honest. Yeah. As long as the like internet connection is okay, then that's okay. But on on the like on our Weston super special, like my internet connection was just dog shit and like everything I felt like I was stepping on everything. It was so hard to just have a normal conversation. It it was so hard to roast the son of our idol. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you guys love him and love to love him. I love we do. him. We do. I love him. I I, I want to. I'm gonna take uh, as much energy as it needs to set the record straight. I don't know if uh, his mom is still listening to the podcast. She um, has for or, sure liked a bunch of our posts since we've yeah. done that episode. So she, knew, yeah. I think that's my, maybe how she discovered us, and also yeah. been uh what. We'll get a we'll get a double tap from Christina Fulton every once in a while yeah, on a post. Yeah, if she's <laughs> listening, if his sponsor is listening, if anybody's if his listening, wife or either his, of his uh, twin beautiful children, children his beautiful are listening, are if, the, if it's on their Alexa in the house and the babies can hear, I just want to say for the record that Miles and I have nothing but love and respect for Weston and his career as a musician and actor. Yeah, Alexa, <laughs> play Heat Seeking Panther. <laughs> do you think it'll work if we just say it enough <laughs> eventually the ai will catch on 
<laughs> if we say it enough in the podcast, then that, will it just start triggering Alexas all around the world to just start playing? Yes. <laughs> who said that? Huh? Huh? Alexa, who said that? <laughs>